What smells like shoe polish? Be quiet. We have a promo to do. I'm Jeff Ferry, and this is my hetero podcast mate, Chris Durkach. We are the hosts of the Jay and Silent Bob Minute. We break down the Kevin Smith films featuring Jay and Silent Bob one minute at a time, starting with Clerks. I have a hockey game at 12. Chris, please. So if you've ever worked a dead-end job behind the counter discussing Star Wars while slinging coffee, nudie mags, and cigarettes... Cancer merchant! Cancer merchant! Settle down! Or if you ever leaned outside a convenience store, secretly hated all your customers, or closed your place of business to attend a funeral, you should join us at Jay and Silent Bob Minute on DuelingGenre.com as we discuss the milkmaids, berserkers, and the significance of the number 37. In a row? Come for the clerks, and stay for the rest of the Jay and Silent Bob Minute fun. Right, Chris? I'm not even supposed to be here today. Jay and Silent Bob Minute, where we are covering the movie Mallrats, one minute at a time. Today we are covering Minute 59, which is quite possibly the greatest Burt Reynolds minute ever. I'm Jeff Ferry. And I'm Bob Kester from Immunities. And neither one of us is the bandit. (laughs) This is Minute 59, which begins with Brody wondering about his mother's panties. Ew. Yeah. ends with Gwen trying on panties. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) This, uh... I was immediately wondering, it's like, does, does, does nobody care enough to, like, stop there, <laughs> like, either her or Brody from doing this? Which would fit very much into the clerk's cosmos, you know, that these, you know. Well, we have pointed out in Mallrats, nobody gives a shit what's going on, ever. Because there is, there is a foot chase through the uh, food court not that long ago, a couple weeks ago. Nobody cares. Like, two guys come running through that, nobody cares. Silent Bob goes flying across the middle of the mall in his friggin' Batman outfit, smashes through a wall, and he gets some looks after he smashes through the wall, but nobody cares. Like, nobody <laughs> does anything. Like, I've seen people melt down at the mall for far less than what's happening at this mall. Like, I can't imagine. I mean, I've seen people, I'm trying to, I've seen people put stuff on, mm-hmm. but not like literally just get dressed. Besides the <laughs> fact that Jason Lee starts off here sounding like Ed Gein. Talking about <laughs> went to his mother's panties. I wonder if his mother's ever wore panties like this. Like what? I'm glad this line got cut from the theatrical cut. <laughs> Makes him sound like a serial killer. Yeah, because otherwise, you know, and then uh, it sort of cuts the uh, surprise of him coming in with the panties later too. So you know, which you know, I think that the le- his line after that is the right, like the right level of creepy. Yeah, and <laughs> that's that makes a better cut too for a lot of reasons. One, that's a bad line. And two, the same thing. You get to watch T.S. and Gwen hang out a little bit, and then he wanders in with his whole thing. And uh, and the further we're getting into it, I'm I'm starting to realize that I think jo- Joey Lauren Adams is probably my favorite character in this movie. <laughs> She's the only one that's not a complete mental case in one way or another. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's sort of got – which given that you know she apparently has engaged in some fairly insane behavior is saying something. But she does seem like she's like the only one with like real common sense of any kind. I think the w- reason is she she just owns her stuff. Mm-hmm. Like she's she's not hiding it. She's not involved in a weird relationship with anybody. She's like, yeah, I had sex with a lot of people, and yeah, I cheated on you. And I but like she never tries to hide from it. That's why I could see why I know they he got grief about her being in Chasing Amy, but she was so good in this. Right. I, I mean, I think she's I think she's the most fleshed not the most fleshed out. I think she's the best of the three female characters because oh, easily Rolani, you hardly see. And she's almost one-dimensional. And Shannon Darty, they 
since she's got to be basically your antagonist, they got to put like a real, I mean, she's kind of like a bitch through the first part of it. I mean, just as much as he's an idiot, like they're mm-hmm. the perfect match because they, they both have huge flaws that they need to, like, there's no way that relationship lasts between uh-huh. those two. Yeah. But, yeah, but on the other I, hand, maybe it never quite ends either, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it could definitely be one of those of, like, they are together for 18 months, and then they break up, and then they, like, the only way it ends is if somebody moves away. Right. That's the only way it's ever going to end. Uh, the, I, do uh, question, I do have this question uh, written down. She's mm-hmm. trying on panties. Is she wearing panties? When yeah, that panties? was my immediate thought watching it this time. Uh, because as noticed earlier uh, by us and a uh, guest host we had on, she's not wearing a bra, apparently, from what we've seen earlier. <laughs> right, right. Because when she's topless in that scene, it's not like her bra's off from what we can see. It just looks like she's not wearing one. So, I mean, it could totally be going that way, but I feel like that's even more gross <laughs> than what could be going on. <laughs> I'd say, I guess my thought is, from what I know of Gwen, she's not wearing panties deliberately in order to, you know, for hygienic, you know, in order to not be gross, to be like putting on and taking off all these other panties, but she might be wearing them coincidentally just because, you know, that's what she, you know. <laughs> I mean, she does have a fairly short skirt on. Yeah. I mean, you would be rolling the right. dice to not have underwear on. <laughs> Unless you were planning to pick some up during the course of the day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you see her putting them on, but she's, uh, the actress at least is good enough to know how to keep, pulling it down and pulling it up in a way where I mean I'm not I mean I realize I have a minute by minute podcast but I did not look close enough to see if you can you know if you get a flash of anything <laughs> yeah but I mean, yeah, Gwen seems pretty, definitely seems pretty practiced at this so. yeah and also like you see a woman walk by and T.S. is literally sitting right behind her and she could care less right right like he's got to be getting full ass cheek every time she does that and she doesn't care <laughs> she, cause she does not see him as a sexual object in any way that's true. Well, they're exes. I think that's a thing. Yeah. That, and I think she basically looks at him as almost like a Ken doll. <laughs> I mean, at least as for her. Right, right. Like, Although that contradicts stuff that she says to Claire Farlani later, well, I think. She'll know. sing his praises, but I she, I think this is why she. I think she's a good character. She knows well enough, like, he is a great guy for someone, not right. for me. <laughs> like, he's not a great guy for me. Like, we're never going to match up correctly. He's too much of a nice guy, and eventually I'm going to do something bad. <laughs> I'm going to ruin it all. <laughs> well, what she says, I mean, you know, whether you believe it or not, and not, obviously this is way ahead to another minute, but, you know, is that she might have tried, except that he's all hung up on Claire Falani, and so she's not going to try to yeah. compete with that. So I'm guessing, from what they say, it seems like they were a couple, if you could call that, in high school. So, you know, they're probably 16, 17. They're now 21, 22. So... It, you do change a lot in there. Right. And then it seems like they could almost be like an alternate version of Dante and Caitlin, the two of them, you know, with her like just constantly having sex with other people and him consider thinking of them as being in a, being a couple more so than they really are, maybe. Yeah. They're, they're but, you know, without her being as without her being as manipulative about it as Caitlin was. Yeah, they're, you know? they're, they're like better versions of them. They're like T.S. is not quite as whiny as Dante. Mm. And Gwen has her shit together a lot more than Caitlin. Did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's almost like Caitlin uh, crossed with Silent Bob or something like that because she's the one who's like you know gives the uh, the sage advice you know when you least yeah. expect it. Well, yeah, she gives the sage <laughs> advice like like she doesn't take uh, she doesn't really seem to take crap off anybody in this. Like mm. she, she hits several people in this movie. All guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and then she goes in there. She talks about how it's not 
uh, what do I, I have it written down here somewhere. I go, I like in the scene because she speaks like a real person, especially a real person who lives in Jersey. Oh, yeah. He, he starts complaining. And she goes, it's not like she'll fuck the guy on public access. That, that's exactly how someone would talk to you, especially a 21-year-old <laughs> woman would speak to her guy friend. Right, like, right. I don't like in movies sometimes where they decide, like, oh, this is the female character. We need to make her softer and with, you know, put her in glowing edges and whatever. That's not real life. Like, people right, talk right. the way they talk. There's people that use harsh and abrasive language, and it's not always because of the sex that they are. Like, that's just how people they're, – they're young adults. That's how young adults talk sometimes. Sure. And I mean, I think like the two kind of quantifiable things that like Kevin Smith brought to the like to the raunchy comedy that hadn't really been there before. Like one is like, you know, the the sort of fandom stuff, you know, which you would think like Revenge of the Nerds would have done, but it did not. And then the other one is like, you know, female characters who act like human beings. And uh that one reason I wanted these minutes was, you know, to get some of her because, you know, as you say, she's so obviously the best one. Yeah. It's- the best female character in here. Even though in this movie you have two females who are ostensibly the objects to be attained, like that's what the our male leads are going for. But first of all, they're both morons, and that's put it out <laughs> many times. And the one female major female side character, we have two female side characters in this that are have their way that are way more intelligent and way better than any other character in the movie, which is her and Trish the Dish. Right, right. Like Trish has her own problems, mostly. Related to her age, but <laughs> they definitely have their stuff together way more than the rest of these morons that we see. Like, the other people we see are, like, Jay and Silent Bob, who are idiots. And then we see, like, Rooker, who's, like, a maniac, and LaFours, who's worthless. Like, all the male characters are dumb. <laughs> like, right, just, right. They're bumbling their way through the day, while, like, the female characters are, like, the only ones that are, like, okay, we're, we're, we're actually doing something. Right. But on the other hand, you wouldn't want either of those two girls to end up with pretty much any of the guys in this movie. So, you know, well, I, certainly want, I certainly wouldn't want Trish to end up with anybody. I had to do a whole week on that. And that was not rough. That was very rough for me. I'm, I'm expecting a call from, you know, uh, what's the guy from Dateline anytime now from just having to discuss that topic. <laughs> well, you know, if she's like, you know, she lowers her lower threshold, she could go after the sailboat kid or something. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. She makes a whole thing of this. She's going to sleep with guys from. I think 13 to 30 or something like that. <laughs> what? Like, no. Like, only... A, I mean... A 13-year-old's going to be in therapy. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. But imagine if a 13-year-old goes towards the end of that after she slept with 50 guys. Like, he's going in there thinking, oh, this is just a 15-year-old girl. She's only two years older than me. How much more experience could she possibly have? Right. Meanwhile, you know, you're just... You're stepping up to the plate like you're a little leaguer and friggin' Nolan Ryan's on the mound. <laughs> <laughs> It's an unfortunate use of on the mound, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? That's going to be the episode title. Nah, there we go. <laughs> it can't be because of what's coming up next. This is, I mean, oh, right. one of the more memorable parts of this movie by far. And I'm assuming probably why you asked. Another reason you asked for these minutes. <laughs> uh, it's definitely a line I've called back to many times. Because it's just, it's, as much as I've given Jeremy London shit, he lands this line the first time he says it. When he says, you fucked Rick, per- Rick Darris on a pool table. <laughs> <laughs> with everyone watching, no less. Yeah. And Although the, with she, everyone watching, no... Oh, sorry, you go on first. Well, she makes she makes a thing about she doesn't deny it or that she did it. Right, right. She's like, it was a costume party. Nobody knew it was me. What? <laughs> like, that doesn't make it okay. <laughs> if your girlfriend sleeps around, it's not okay because someone doesn't know it's her. Exactly. And as we find out, everyone did know it was her. (laughs) 
Yeah, she lives in her own world to a certain extent, it seems like. Yeah. And then, then she says, like, I can't believe you remember stuff like that. I'm going to defend TS here. First of all, it can't have been more than, like, five years ago. So it's not like it was 30 years ago and you're trying to remember it. And no matter right. what kind of crazy Hugh Hefner-esque lifestyle you've lived, that's still a pretty memorable thing. <laughs> and then when they add the uh, details, you know, it becomes even more memorable. Oh, like, yeah. uh, once, once Brody just went gets a party in. and people were banging on a pool table in front of everybody. Like, that's still like, <laughs> okay, well, that's pretty exciting. And then they're in the costume, and one of them is your girlfriend. <laughs> like, you don't forget that. Like, that's not something that's going to be forgotten. Right. And then we get, uh, of course, the entrance of Jason Lee. Who takes off his jacket for, I think, uh, the first time since he left his house. <laughs> and he shows off his sexy panties, which, I gotta be honest, his panties are not particularly sexy. He picked out kind of a, I guess they had to find a pair that would fit Jason Lee. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I also feel like this is the point where uh, mall security comes around. That mall security that's been draping around, it's like, uh, yo, a uh, crazy person. <laughs> putting on underwear over their, <laughs> over their jeans like a crazy person. Do you think he could leave? They're p- too busy, yeah, just waiting in the wings for uh, spinning to tell them to do something. Yeah, there's just 30 security guards floating around the stage. <laughs> and then she asked him at the costume party, he's like, you mean the one where you banged Rick Ferris on a pool table? Like, <laughs> yes, everyone would remember that. It's like, yes, I may have gone to like 20 pool parties growing up, but you're probably going to remember the one where people had sex in the pool or the cop <laughs> showed up. Like when something crazy happens, that's the one you remember. <laughs> so did like, she and Rick Darris like deliberately have a theme costume? You know? <laughs> Which is twice as or did they show up and they were like, it's just serendipity. I guess we have to have sex. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we we're talking about stuff Kevin Smith does. Kevin Smith uh always wanted to do the shared universe as a man coming from comics. Rick Darris, of course, was in Clerks. Right, right, right. He shows up and, and breaks Dante's balls about being weak. And then goes home with uh I believe that's Heather Jones. Yeah, so is, that's her sister or something? Which is Trish's sister. I believe that's the... <laughs> I think that's the way it goes. I it's think so, common. yeah. And then do we see the two of them together? Do the two of them watch the Jane Silent Bob movie together? Like, yes, and they, they come, come out, out of the, the movie theater? together. Yeah. Talking about how the movie sucks, because everybody comes out talking about how it sucks. <laughs> yeah, I believe nice. that one was Heather. Yeah, so... Yeah, they... That is odd. I mean, I can't imagine they were a themed costume. There's the real question is, what was T.S. wearing at this party? <laughs> if she's dressed up like the bandit, oh, is he dressed up like um uh, the sheriff? Is he dressed up like Buford T. Justice? Well, isn't that who – that's what Rick Darris was dressed up as. Oh, that's right. No, I'm, th- I'm thinking of – what was he, Sally Field? Yeah, exactly. That's the only other thing I can think of is he would go – yeah, he would. He'd probably make a fairly good Sally Field, actually. <laughs> well, he just has to throw a bowl cut on there. I mean, there's not much to do. I mean, her exactly. outfit is just like, she's, oh, he can have the wedding dress on. That he picks, is the, that's the first one, right? Oh, right. That's been a little while since I yeah. saw that. Yeah. So, yeah, so he can wear the wedding dress. Uh, that's even more emasculating. You're standing there in a wedding <laughs> dress watching your girlfriend have sex with, <laughs> and we're having sex with Smokey. Yeah, we're moving into stuff that's a fairly well-defined, <laughs> a bizarre version of a fairly well-defined uh, scene, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Well, she and she says, "How is it you recall the most trivial events?" That is not a trivial event. <laughs> that's, that's just not a trivial event. Uh, it goes back to like um, I drive to work. It's like you drive to work every day, right? So you probably couldn't give details about every drive to work, but if you saw mm-hmm. like a thirteen car pileup, I bet you could remember that day. So. Right, exactly. 
So she says, how many chances do you get to see Smokey fuck the bandit? Well, at least one. <laughs> and she decided that had to happen. So. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to think. Oh, here you go. Didn't I look just like Burt Reynolds? Except the mustache. Except the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I don't quite, I don't know, the, uh, I don't quite like, uh, the way that the timing of Brody and, Jer- and uh, T.S. saying that, uh, oh, you saying don't like that, that together. You don't like it because they I don't know, it's, a, yeah, it's, I mean, it seems kind of, pl- I mean, they sort of look at each other, like they're gonna, you know, they, like they're making sure they're gonna say it in sync or something like that, though, then I started thinking, like, maybe if this is a conversation they've had before about how the mustache wasn't right, <laughs> then they're, they're they're mutually remembering that, or something like that. But. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had to have had that conversation before, otherwise there's no way you can <laughs> say that at the same time. I would love to see right, her outfit, true. though, like, this just pimped out awesome bandit outfit, but with, like, this god-awful, like, uh, mustache that she's wearing. <laughs> or, or maybe she just drew one on with yeah, she may have drawn one on with eyebrow pencil or something. Or, like, the mustache just came off during coitus. <laughs> so they're remembering, like, where it ended up, which was somewhere not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... I mean... Uh, I mean, were they playing eastbound and down while it was going on? I mean, they had to, right? <laughs> There's a scene you'd like to see, like, uh, where they do... You do, like, a two-minute, like, uh, film, like a an animated short is just TS at that party, like looking through. <laughs> I know one thing, Kevin Smith characters have tough times at parties because Dante found, uh, Caitlin sleeping with somebody else at one of the parties too. That was his big thing. Right. That might be what made me think of Caitlin. Yeah. Caitlin was sleeping with, damn it. Was it, it wasn't Darius that time. It was, <laughs> it was somebody else or no, she was looking for somebody else and found Dante. And oh, I gotcha. Oh, right. Yeah. Which then that reminds me of the thing from the next. We're going to find out in the next minute that uh, you know that T.S.'s favorite uh, encounter with Gwen. She didn't even actually realize it was him. <laughs> <laughs> Always a good side. This is when uh, the girl doesn't remember you at all. <laughs> oh, so there's only the only thing left is after our Burt Reynolds stuff. Uh, well, I guess I'll ask before we move on past uh, the rest of the Burt Reynolds stuff. Uh, what are your What's your uh, Burt Reynolds knowledge? How much Burt Reynolds did you watch growing up? Uh, I watched a fair amount, you know, of his, you know, like movies on the Late Show sort of thing. So you know, sort of random, you know, so Longest Yard and Deliverance and. Uh, That's what I'm saying. I think I got the the mid to high level Burt Reynolds. Like I didn't see everything that he came out with. I probably the same thing. Like you saw the Deliverance, Smokey and the Bandit, Cannonball Runs, like that type of stuff. I guess I was enough in the enough into the eighties, saw enough films in the eighties that I saw some of his, you know, because he had a bunch of flops. Yeah. You know, so I, I guess I saw Sharky's Machine and City Heat and stuff like that, you know, and uh, I don't know, he just but, and then eventually Striptease, which yes. is, uh, I do appre- really appreciate his performance. In that. I appreciate his performance that he just goes all out. Of just, oh yeah. He he knows what movie he's in there because it's funny because he does Bo- Boogie Nights right around the same time, like I think the year before maybe. Sure, sure, and it's a very different personality in that too. It's like yeah, it's like that's like the cool version. The cool Burt Reynolds is in Boogie Nights, and then the like sort of crazy Burt Reynolds is in uh, Striptease. Yeah, Yeah, where he's just like, I'm gonna go off my meds and do this. Uh, I meant, did you see his? I guess maybe it was his last movie, the the last movie star. No, it didn't. It was uh, it was pretty good, especially since he. I mean, he passed away shortly after that. It's basically 
it's not about Burt Reynolds, but it basically is. It's about a guy that used to be the biggest movie star. They used real clips from his life mm. about how what happens when you're the biggest movie star in the 70s and then you are nothing now. It's kind of like The Wrestler, where like you were super big and now you're nothing. I mean, which right. never really happened to him. At no point was Burt Reynolds nothing. Mm-hmm. Burt Reynolds was always Burt Reynolds, even when he could make flop after flop and still be like, recognized by 90% of the people in America. Exactly. Like, and even when he wasn't making movies, it was because he was like doing evening shade, you know, for, you know, it's like, yeah. so, you know, like my, you know, my uh, not famous part of my career was when I had a network TV show starring me and like whoever I chose to put onto it for several yeah. years. <laughs> or like, even when I was literally making nothing or making shows or a movie that nobody would like, I could very easily walk onto the tonight show and be the most famous guest on there that week. <laughs> Right. With no problem. And be the best interview, because he was good at those things. Uh, also, uh, right at the end here, when the last thing that she says is, she's talking about basically the scene where Silent Bob breaks in on Gwen. Mm. And she says somebody was, some pervert was trying to break in and see me naked. Does she not know who Silent Bob is? Because I thought everybody knew who Silent Bob was. Hmm. Because... I don't know if we have really proof of that. that you know, like, because, like, you know, Brody knows who Jay and Silent Bob are, and... Uh... And T.S. knows who they are. He didn't know that Bertie was taking him to them, but he did know who they were. Gotcha. When they got there. And they're obviously uh, miscreants enough where people around town, like uh, Trish knew, knows who they are because she's working with Silent Bob. All right. I believe, <laughs> I think everybody knows who they are. It's just odd that like she knows them and she seems to know everybody involved but doesn't know him. Maybe like it was the man. Uh, the, well, no, because she saw him twice, so she should have known. Yeah. Maybe she doesn't smoke. Maybe it's the people who smoke know him and uh, know them and the people who don't know She's also not really that perturbed about someone seeing her naked. Although he really didn't see her naked as when we watch the footage, she's already covered up by the time he gets in there. So her nudity is just right, for the right. audience. <laughs> I think she was more perturbed by somebody, something smashing through the wall all of a sudden. Cause as she, as, as she says, puts it at least, you know, she's going to save him the trouble by not yeah. being in the changing room. Yeah. I, she doesn't strike me as the type of girl who gives a damn one way or another. It's just like, <laughs> oh, whatever, I'll get dressed out here. Whatever, you're going to see me naked. I don't care. Right. I mean, if that's a true thing of that character like more power to you if you're not like just trying to hide if that's how you really are that's awesome because i'm certainly not getting dressed in the middle of the friggin' mall <laughs> all right well we've reached the end of this minute and the end of my burt reynolds knowledge so uh <laughs> do you have anything else for this particular minute uh not a lot the uh in my uh, my log of Jeremy London good moments and Jeremy London bad moments, like him saying with everyone what – like, you know, he really nails the uh, fuck Rick Darris on a pool table. But then the with, with everyone watching no less, it seems like he, it just doesn't quite flow like it's – that that almost sounds like a Randall line, which is yeah. uh, not the kind of thing he can do. <laughs> yeah. I, that's when I go back to like some people can land the dialogue and some people can't. Like he lands the first line of like, you fuck Rick Darris on a pool table. And I don't know – It's like if he had- – the inflection of the second one or whatever right it's like it's sort of like he's got dante's like personality but they're trying to give him like randall's dialogue and like you know like dante like all his best lines are just very very like direct you know uh simple things you know i'm not even supposed to be here today you know but (laughs) when you try to say clever stuff it does doesn't work speaking of not being here today is there anybody else that's not supposed to be here today i'm not even supposed to be here today (laughs) <laughs> you're also not supposed to know how to do your sound because I can barely hear you. Really? Yeah, I don't know what's Yeah, you sound like you're talking to us from your kitchen. <laughs> Ladies Whereas and I can hear echoes of myself. Guest, special guest Chris has shown up for his own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not good. Is it better now? 
Well, now you're super uh, fun, so good, good luck editing this. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily I just jumped in. Oh, good. You just jumped in. We were just about to close out the minute. So, <laughs> so go ahead. Tell us everything about Minute 59 you were going to tell us. <laughs> um, I forget now. <laughs> uh, she, I know she puts on a bunch of underwear. That's what I know. Yeah. Well, I'll ask you. Uh, we both already answered the question. Uh, we'll see what you, where you come down on this. Is she wearing underwear already when she puts that underwear on? I would say no. So you're going with no? I thought she probably was. I don't know. But when she went into the private dressing room, she took a bunch of underwear. Like, she was going to try them on without underwear. Hmm. And I also don't think that – and as we proved in that also that same scene is she obviously was not wearing a bra today. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's some awkward scenes to talk about in this movie when it's just guys on the, as, the, <laughs> as the host of the guest. I'm, I jumped in at the wrong time too, it seems like. Oh, no. Uh, well, let's see. So we handled that. Uh, I'll ask you. So we have – this is the famous uh, you fucked Rick Darris on a pool table line is in this minute. So uh, what's, your, uh, what's your level of knowledge on Burt Reynolds? Not a lot. Smoking the Bandit? <laughs> <laughs> and even that, I'm not real up on to be honest with you. Yeah, like I, that's what we said. I, like we watched – I think I watched the, the top-level Burt Reynolds stuff of like – your Smokey the Bandit, your Cannonball Run, you know, Delivery. Yeah, there was a movie with kind of um, Dom DeLuise that I really liked. I think it was called The End. Cannonball Run. No, I think it was called The End. Oh, there was another one? Yeah. <laughs> Burt Reynolds was trying to kill himself, and Dom DeLuise oh, was yeah. trying to help him. And then at the end, he decides he doesn't want to kill himself, and Dom DeLuise is still trying to kill him. And it was pretty funny. <laughs> 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 and it's like, it's that funny d- when I hear that that plot has been done so many times. There's actually a Deep Space Nine with that the same plot. plot, really. <laughs> yeah, where like Quark hires hires Garak to kill him, and then like you know tries to call it off, but he won't. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure uh, there's probably a Deep Space Nine plot about everything so far. It's just pretty much. Listen, it's it's a Garak Quark episode. I'm sure it's awesome. <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, like the only thing, the main thing I know about Burt Reynolds is he was super famous. Yeah. My whole life. Giant mustache. That's what I remember. Yeah, and, and he has the mustache. And I, when everyone, especially people who are a little bit older than us, like I've heard Kevin talk about it, like you just don't realize how famous he was. Right. He had the number mm-hmm. one movie for like four or five straight years. The line in this where they say, Which, except for the mustache, does he not have a mustache in Cannibal Run? I cannot remember. I mean. He does in Cannibal not, Run. I don't Smoking think the Bandit. I he meant. doesn't have one in Deliverance. That's, he definitely doesn't have one in Deliverance. I meant Smoking the Bandit. Does he have one in Smoking the Bandit? Yeah. Because they say – she said, I look just like Burt Reynolds, and they said except for the mustache. Yeah, because well, her mustache was either crappy or Oh, she had off. a crappy mustache. Oh, maybe it fell off, right? Maybe it got knocked off. <laughs> <laughs> See, he's going where I said. Uh, Bob said it was like probably uh, drawn on. I said maybe it came off during the <laughs> Rick Darris is an animal in there. He ripped that mustache right off. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I, I ended up in a very sent Rick Darris a message. They asked him if he wanted to come on and talk about this, the guy who played Rick Darris. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. You, you want to talk about something his character did, right. which had nothing to do with him at all? <laughs> Look, I'm reaching here. I'm reaching. That's right up there with my my one of my favorite. Uh, the funny we talked about Star Trek was a uh, one of my favorite stories from that was a uh, uh, Will Wheaton talked about when he was on Star Trek: The Next Generation for a couple seasons, and he's like, "Well, I want to leave. You know, you're not paying me very much money. I can go get acting gigs for more than this." And he was a, an ensign on the show, and they're like, "Well, we'll, we'll promote you to lieutenant." And he's like, how the fuck does that help me? <laughs> like, that doesn't give me more money. This isn't real. They give him a promotion. It's like, 
We'll get. We'll give your. We'll give your fake character a promotion. What? Like this doesn't do anything for me. That's crazy. So yeah, Jeff, well, Chris, I, I showed up tonight because I didn't have enough evidence, so they had to let me go. Oh, that's good. That's good to know. Just remember, <laughs> being arrested is not being convicted. <laughs> Just remember that. We have lots of reasons to believe that that woman was lying. All right, so uh, we, you know, we we are at the end of the minute, Chris. So if you have anything else to say about the minute, now is your time. No, I feel like I jumped in at the end. I was I was trying to uh, get in here earlier, but I uh, listen. Some pervert wanted to see me naked. I'm still going through my notes here. I tried to go through it quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the one who has to edit, yeah, edit this. So, so you well, can I, most of the time, I just leave this stuff in anyway, so we're good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's usually all still there, yeah. Yeah, it's mostly uh, you fucked Rick Terrace on a pool table. Everybody's wearing panties in the middle of the right. mall for no reason. Right, Brody's got panties <laughs> on. No, you got everything covered. <laughs> all right. Well, Bob, why don't you tell people where they can find you out in the uh, internet world? Uh, you can find me on uh, the Immunities podcast, uh, DuelingGenre.com or ImmuniediesDrama.com. Oh, that was that was too short, too brief. I'm sure Chris can do it the same <laughs> way. Chris, you showed up. Now you got to do the plugs. I had to do it the first minute. You can find us on DuelingGenre.com or on AOL. I always say AOL. Why don't I say AOL? What is wrong with you? Oh, I do it all the Facebook you can, at – You can dial us up at CompuServe. <laughs> Get on your Commodore 64 you and find our- us. Check out our GeoCity site. <laughs> We're on a web ring. <laughs> Go to our Facebook uh, group, which is the Jane Silent Bob Quicker Stop. Is that short enough for you, Jeff? That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, all right. You're not going to plug anything else? That's good. All right, we're out of here. Just remember, I take my hat off for one thing and one thing only. He's pounded down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Time these pounds just like no bandit run.